0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Talking Out Loud podcast with Bobby and Raymond. I am Raymond. With me is my best good friend, Bobby Doogie. And March Madness is over, Bobby. And I know that makes you mad. It does make me mad.
1: I'm partic- Imagine if you were like the marketer for the Final Four. And as much as there was a lot of great games, and we're going to talk about that a little bit here today, just in a vacuum, imagine you're in charge of marketing and someone comes to you and is like, we have a
0: Virginia-Texas Tech final." run with that <laughs> all defense all the time
1: yeah like we could have had kentucky duke kentucky you know north carolina duke something like that but we have texas tech virginia and i want you to crush it with the ratings i mean do you need to be positive to overwhelm that or what
0: well negativity won't help that's for sure um which the game was a lot higher scoring even with an overtime uh even before an overtime than anticipated given what vegas had the over under at so uh all defense all the time turned into some exciting offense and ended up being a good game for anyone who actually did watch it
1: yeah it's funny there wasn't like the marquee matchups through like the end of the tournament the final four and the finals but the games themselves were actually really really good um and by the way sidebar raymond that's like I don't know how many episodes we've done here. We're into the 20s. I, are You pretty consistently are bringing up like spreads and over-unders and, and Vegas lines. I mean,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, Do you want to talk about anything with, most, you know, you're in the trust tree and the nest with both me and our potential six or seven listeners?
0: I just, I track when I'm watching sports. I want to know who Vegas thinks is going to win and what they think is going to happen because so this is goes along my professional philosophy with sports, you know, in terms of how I uh, am working with clients, I'm working based on what are the strongest predictors of success and a fulfilling relationship with your craft. Okay. I don't want to know about the things that we think work. I want to know about the things that do work. And that's part of the reason why I read a lot of research, because there are a lot of things that you would think based on common sense really work, but until you examine them a little bit more empirically and without our human bias in them, you actually find out what does and what doesn't work over time and under pressure, which is the test of your mindset over time and under pressure. When it comes to predicting sports, I am have zero interest in any prognosticators on television because they are wrong far more than they are right. Why I am interested in Vegas is because they are correct most often and there's a very good reason for that and the reason for that is they are only interested in being right not getting it right so they only make money if they're correct in which case then they are most often making decisions based on facts rather than emotions and that whole city lives on being right at least one percent more time than the people who are betting Hence, why I look at uh, spreads and over/unders and all that stuff, because I'm looking at what are the strongest predictors of what might actually happen or what we might actually expect. And plus, also on top of that, you know, if we could, based on our careers, it would be nice if we could bet sometimes on in actual money. So that's why I'm uh, informed by what's going on in Vegas.
1: That was either a very impressive answer by a performance consultant one Mm -hmm. that someone should let's go with that let's go with that or you're an unbelievable degenerate
0: gambler (laughs) (laughs) well and the goodness is you won't know either way because if i'm a degenerate lying gambler then i've just fed you a bunch of really awesome bs or like you said uh i'm an informed professional so you know take uh, that where you want it but at least it's not as bad (laughs) as saying that i can beat every 11 year old in a race so that was that was total facts. Yeah. By the way, I got several people on Twitter and via email or text sending me um a bunch of examples of amazing eleven year old-ish athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh and I would have loved to bring a couple of them up, but since then they have turned twelve. That's <laughs> so good. We're, we're gonna be so about the, the date. Yeah, you so, are off the hook for now.
1: For yeah, now, for- for your comments in the last couple of minutes about facts versus emotions i also after that emotional 11 year old outburst mm-hmm. did a little research and i was like mm-hmm. huh mm-hmm. so so we pushed the bounds of reality there but i still i'm gonna i okay, put it for out there sure. in the world and i'm don't, gonna stand by it because don't pu- I still don't pull me into that vortex uh-uh <laughs> no way dude it's i mean listen both our names <laughs> are in in the name oh, of the podcast oh. so you're going down with the ship okay. um, listen I'm going to be responsible for your gambling problem, which I think we all can agree on this <laughs> podcast. You obviously have, sure, but, sure. Um, so we're, we're taking the the podcast is taken on eleven year olds, and and you are part of the podcast. You're actually fifty percent of it. So okay, so, so listen. That's sh- the thing. There's a, there, are, sh- there are some impressive eleven year olds out there, but I still say bring it on. If for nothing else, I think it. I think it'd be good for the for the podcast. So. Um,
0: as so we the new,
1: a little bit on the new
0: podcast name has now become Talking Out Loud Podcast with Raymond featuring Bobby because <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to be associated with you thinking you can take on 11 year olds. Anyway, I,
1: it's um, a theme.
0: Yeah. So before I interrupted you there, which was absolutely necessary, um, I do want to talk about today, and I, and I think uh, you brought up, you know, we had discussed it just a little bit before we were on air here. I want to talk about Virginia's basketball team, and I know they won, and it makes it pretty convenient to talk about them, but let's remember last year they lost as a number one seed to a 16 seed to open the tournament, and then this year returned and won the tournament. And Obviously, there's so many different factors if we're just talking from a team dynamic standpoint, from personal mindset standpoints to coaching mindsets, essentially ways that you could or could not respond to Pretty significant failure, subjective or not, uh, to even give yourself a chance to be this successful the next time around. So Bobby, let's kick off the conversation there. Let's just talk big big picture with Virginia in terms of their response to a pretty significant loss uh, to open tournament last year to now being able to win the tournament this year. Um, Just riff on that for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's an awesome topic. It's so interesting. It's interesting from a sports talk, you know, type perspective, but also from, from our side, from the mindset side of things uh, it's, it's really fascinating. I was listening to, uh, you know, one of the radio shows on ESPN and Jay Billis, who's you know former Duke, uh, Duke basketball player then went on to be an attorney. So he's like this great combination of, of really intellectual and really informed experience wise as well. I think he's one of my favorite commentators um, on, on, at least division one basketball, he called Virginia. He was saying how hard it was to come back from a loss like that. And he referred to Virginia. You're going to love this as the Neil Armstrong of losing at the NCAA tournament as the number one seed to a 16 seed. And his point was like, they will always be the, even if it happens again, they will always be the first one that it ever happened to. Like that's always the one you remember. So no matter how many years go by, you know, and he was doing it, he was talking about it in the context of like how hard it was to come back as you just laid out really nicely. Um, but I just thought that phrase I was like, man, the Neil, like everyone knows Neil Armstrong. You know what I mean? You don't have to be uh-huh. like a super intellectual person to know who that was, you know, first kind of step on the moon. So like th- they are the the originators of losing as the one seed to a 16 seed. And, and I think that that is – so fascinating. And it gets to something that we touched on a little bit at the end of the last podcast. And I want to talk about it in this context a little bit, throw it back to you here on this, is the role positivity plays in your performance when coming back from something like that. Because you and I, I know we, we are a little bit on the same page about this. Positivity is, is a really important part of performance, a really important part of mindset. Um, but I, and I don't want to speak for you. I'll let you take your turn here. But I think we agree that A lot of people that are performance consultants, sports psychology type people, mental toughness people, um, I'll I'll say what I think and let you react to it. I think they overdo positivity to a certain extent, that you have to be positive all the time. This blanket approach to positivity, like the most successful people in the world, the most mentally tough people in the world. They're positive all the time. You're a one seed, you lose to a 16 seed, you're still positive. And while I think positivity is very, very important, I want to spend some time talking about that in this episode, the value of it, because there is immense value. Um, There's an important part of reality that says things aren't great all the time and not everything that happens to you is the best thing ever. And it's okay to have a relationship with that failure or that discomfort or that unhappiness and accept it and process it. Um, And I, I think that that step is important to take something like the loss Virginia had last year and find a way to first process it and then turn it into something positive, which can be a very powerful motivator for a team that, by the way, another interesting part of this conversation, not a lot of one and duns on that team. A lot of guys that were still on the team the next year Mm -hmm. could use that throughout the whole off season, throughout the whole regular season, leading into the postseason tournament of Okay, we've got a year to develop a positive relationship with what happened to us last year, and use it in a, as a positive, um, not just motivator, but driver to our to our success that we're going to have this time, uh, and, we, and use it for good. But there's a step in there that, that requires you know not positivity, if that makes sense. I'm getting a little off track here. Ray me back in. Raymond.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to riff on this a little bit too, and just kind of go with where you're going. What you're talking about, Bobby, is here's a fundamental, um, a fundamental understanding that we need to have about ourselves as human beings, especially related to failure, and that is that it is necessary, it is important, and it is healthy for us to feel and experience the full range of human emotion. That includes negative emotions. Where we get into trouble and that becomes unhealthy or damaging or unproductive when related to our performance is when we get stuck in it and we can't use it. And we just, um, like I said, it's almost like we're kind of in the mud and we can't get out of it and it starts to eat us up a little bit. So, for example, on a non-sport example, if someone in your family dies, that's depressing. That's a depressing event. It's okay to feel depressed after that where we start to see people be unhealthy and we start to worry about them being depressed is if they're feeling that for many, many months at a time and it's starting to impact them over a long period of time, which doesn't mean you don't feel sadness remembering somebody in your family or um, a loss of some kind. But when you're feeling that Strong enough emotion for that amount of time, it becomes really unhealthy, which, by the way, also applies for positive emotions. I mean, if you feel absolutely ecstatic all the time, you'd have a hard time doing anything productive in your life. So, the bottom line is negative emotions are not bad things. They just don't feel very comfortable relative to positive emotions, but it is important for us to feel them. So, where I'll bring that back to when it comes to something like Virginia losing in the first round of the tournament as a one seed, which many would consider to be a pretty uh, negative emotional event and also just embarrassing to some degrees. Like you said, the Neil Armstrong of first round uh, top seed, low seed defeats is that if it would be unproductive for them to pretend they don't feel what they feel after that, you know, oftentimes I'll talk to athletes after performance, maybe didn't go well. And they'll say, I, I feel this, I shouldn't feel this. And I'm like, you feel what you feel, just feel it. Right, It's a negative emotion. There's nothing wrong with it. You don't need to run from it. But what happens is what we've got to do is we've got to make sure that we're not just blanketing positivity on top of it to give ourselves kind of an emotional bailout. Like I don't want to feel negative emotions and therefore I'm just going to pile positivity on top of this and talk about how great, the, how great it was when that's not exactly how I feel. So in short, positive emotion is great and being positive is great. If it's actually genuine to where we are in the moment, does that make sense? Can we start there?
1: Yeah, it's great, <clears throat> and I'll give you another, um, you know, another example on the non-sports side. Because as I'm listening to you, you know, the way I'm I'm hearing you is like, you know, okay, we're talking about un, sort of what would be an unhealthy relationship with failure, right? Or, or negative mm-hmm. emotions to make it to make it uh, a little more broad. And it's really okay. There's two things we look for, right? If you're depressed or you're feeling, you know. Uh, uh, discomfort of, of, or negative emotions, if you're feeling them too long. Okay. That's the number, first thing we're looking for. <laughs> but the second thing we're looking for is if you're not appropriately feeling them at all, um, that's right. and you're not dealing with them. And so, you know, <clears throat> I hate to be the one that always does this. And I feel like I need to apologize for it every time I do it. But as a young parent, like I see this non-sport example, I see this in parents all the time. Like there's this inability to admit negative things about parenting. Cause like it makes you a bad parent or like, it means you don't love your kids. Um, and Alyssa and I talk about this a lot it, as it relates to, you know, our, our friends and our parents and, and our role as young parents. And like, you know, there are times parenting is really hard and there are times your kids are like a real pain in the rear and it gets the best of you and they don't do everything perfectly. And there are some parents like, oh, I wouldn't change a thing about my kid. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm red flagging that. What do you mean you would change a <laughs> thing about your kid? Like, does your kid drive yet? Like, do they, you know, do they make their own meals? Like, what do you mean you wouldn't change a thing about you? That's impossible. So, um, just, you know, another non-sport example of like, there are things in life and we could we should tie this back to Virginia and get a little more sport oriented, but like I'm tracking with you. Those are, those are two great things to be on the lookout as it relates to these negative emotions, either being depressed too long. And to use my parent example, meaning like you're just stressed all the time as a new parent, cause you can't find any joy in it. Well, that's bad, right? Mm-hmm. But also if you're just like, hey, everything's great all the time. Well, no, it's really hard sometimes. And that's perfectly OK. Um, and I think that that other side of it, Raymond, is what we're both kind of trying to get to. That theres I don't think there's anyone in the world that ever argues that you shouldn't be depressed too long. Like everybody kind of knows that, right? That's logical. But there are some people that say, well, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? Like someone who can just be positive even in the face of adversity or negativity. That's great. And I think you and I are saying, well, it is as long as there was the necessary, appropriate, and healthy step of feeling those negative emotions for some period of time, right?
0: Yeah, let me kind of summarize it into two points. Here's what, when we're being honest with what we're feeling, if it's negative, can help us do. The first is it can help us deal with the reality of our situation. So what I would commend Virginia's basketball program on after their loss last year in the first round is, in one way or another, and and we don't know for sure, how they actually did this but in one way or another or many ways or another they felt what they felt and they used that to deal with the reality of their situation which was they were either unprepared or didn't execute well enough to beat a team that statistically they should have beaten right and if you don't deal with the reality of that situation it it makes it very difficult to get better so when we feel negative emotion remember that our emotions are a utility they are telling us something Uh, and giving us information about either ourselves or our environment or the interaction between the two. And so if you're an athlete and you're experiencing negative emotion related to failure, that's giving you information about the reality of your situation, which by the way, part of that negative emotion you are contributing to, but it's also giving you some information that can allow you to get better. Feeling that emotion can help you deal with the reality of what's going on. And then the second part of that is, negative emotion can fuel productive change. Now, again, we don't want to get stuck in the negative emotion for a really extended period of time, especially at an, an intense degree. But that negative emotion about what you felt and wanting to not feel that in the future uh, can absolutely fuel productive change. So, you know, just again, we don't know for sure how Virginia responded, but I imagine to some degree When the team was struggling this year to maybe work as hard as they need to in practice or to be as conditioned as they need to or to make the difficult changes necessary to get better in a way that even gave them a chance to win a national championship this year, they can look back on that moment. Not in a dwelling on it, I'm pissed about it kind of way still, but as a that's what happens when we don't put in the work. Let's make the changes that we need to now type of way. And ultimately, negative emotion can fuel that change. I mean, think about how much behavior change negative emotion fuels, whether it's wanting to go on a diet or quit smoking mm-hmm. or to change the way you interact with people. Again, it's in, it's necessary and important for us to feel the full range of human emotion because that's what gives us a dose of reality and also can give us the fuel to change when the positive reasons uh, might not be as strong. If yeah. that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and this is give a, a, <clears throat> a sport example from my own uh, experience as a coach, not, not with my uh, mental toughness coaching hat on, but as a, as a high school wrestling coach, one of the best things that can happen to you that makes it so easy to motivate an individual athlete in a sport where it's really, really hard to stay motivated. Um, you know, for those that aren't familiar with wrestling as, as a, as a sport, it's a grind. I mean, got usually there's weight management involved. A lot of times mm-hmm. guys are hungry, which has to do with how they process their emotions and their ability to do so. Um, and it's just physically really demanding and mentally it's super demanding. You're out there on an Island all by yourself. Like a lot of individual sports, you know, require you, of. but the, the combination of the individuality, the, the dealing with the weight management, the, the physical grind, the, the pain, all, all of it. Wrestling's really, really hard to stay motivated. Um, And and one of the things that wrestling coaches look for, particularly at the high school and then college levels, is like, how can I keep guys going over this, you know, months, multiple months or year-round process? One of the best things that can happen, Raymond, is your guy can lose to somebody who's just straight up better than him or her. And they're going to have to beat them to accomplish their goals. Because all season long, that carrot can be dangled in front of that person and they can chase it. Whereas being the person who's at the head of like a returning state champ, you know what I mean? That kind of example, that's almost harder uh, over the, the, you know, the, the, a long season. Um, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about is, you know, let's, let's be honest about the value of some of this, you know, negative emotions. Like, okay, my guy loses, right? He loses to somebody that he's going to have to beat to be a state champ or to be a county champ or to be a district champ, whatever, you know, whatever the appropriate goal is for that person or the one they want. And it's like, okay, well, guess what? Every time you get tired, an hour into practice, and there's an hour left, that coach because he's like, hey, what do you think that other guy's doing right now?" And boom, that person, you know, has a spike in energy, which won't last forever, but they still got yeah. it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and it's it's
0: kind of a, a an interesting um, a kind of dive into extrinsic motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Which again, extrinsic motivation, there's nothing wrong with it. We just know that it's, uh, it can be very powerful as, uh, uh, for example, um, just what you're talking about there. Or if you're Virginia, like negative emotion is oftentimes an extrinsic motivator or the idea of not reaching something is an extrinsic motivator. But it can be very powerful when used in the right places yeah. and at the right time. And so if you have a fulfilling kind of mastery-based uh, relationship with your craft and you can sprinkle in the appropriate extrinsic motivators from here and there in ways that, uh, can move you more productively. It can be incredibly powerful. And in the case of Virginia, or in the case of, uh, you know, the example that you're giving with wrestlers, if you can tap into that at the right times in the right place to get you through the grind, uh, it can really lead to to some productive change and allow you to learn and move on from mistakes in a way that, uh, It can be really important.
1: Yeah, I think you've you've said that really well. And it does get to the conversation we had in our last podcast, we were talking about purpose and and creating a Mm -hmm. framework for yourself. And that if you've done that step first, I would say, you know, if you've done that appropriately, and and it it gets to what you were just saying of you can pick your spots appropriately to use these negative emotions, or or better said, these extrinsic motivators, the right way at the right time. Because I'll tell you, I, I think, I think that's important to our coaches out there or our leaders out there because um, I get asked that a lot. I mean, a couple of high level coaches that I've had the opportunity to talk to in the last couple of years, Raymond, well, amongst the first questions they've asked me is, you know, when can we use that negative reinforcement? And mm-hmm. it's a dangerous topic, but it's also really valuable. I think that's what you and I are kind of saying. It's like it works, you know, like you can, and, it, and it's the easiest one to watch work because it gets the quickest reaction. Now, it's, it's right. the least sustainable, though, right? That's what you're kind of... It's the least against.
0: sustainable, and it's also the one that if if you mess around, it's kind of like fire. Uh, if you mess around with it too much, you can create a fear-based approach, yeah. which then ultimately leads to fear-based execution, and that is the last thing that you want. Um, but you're right. I mean, if you want to use punishment or negative reinforcement as a motivator, you will see results right away. Right. The long term, it can definitely be dangerous, at least to resentment and again, a, a fear-based relationship with results in your craft, which ultimately leads to people playing timidly and trying to avoid mistakes rather than being great. But in the right place at the right time, uh, Spike it and can Andrew. absolutely be good. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So
1: Raymond, let me ask you this then. Let's, let's turn this back to, okay, I'm listening to our podcast here. I'm thoroughly entertained, uh, obviously. And um, I, I'm a really positive person. like positivity is my thing i wake up in the morning i'm ready to go i crush egg whites and a protein shake and i tell a couple of jokes to my family or friends and i run out the door and i get to school or work or whatever it is and i'm like the like i'm I'm just i'm the energy positive guy or girl right that's me and i'm listening to this and i I, might be a little sideways like well what do you mean i'm the i'm the positive guy what do you tell me that's not good like let's let's bring this in to say okay you know, where does that person, how should that person be hearing this? Because obviously that's great, right? It's not, we're not saying don't do that. Like that's, that's wonderful. Um, And yes, for most people that we talk to that, that we're, we're driving them in that way. We're just trying to, uh, we're just trying to illustrate an appropriate relationship with negative emotions. Um, So, so talk to that person a little bit, Raymond, like keep doing you, but maybe are, can we give them a couple of things to say what could you take away from this conversation that might you know, might be beneficial for your performance?
0: Yeah. Well, I would say this. You can be positive and feel negative emotion at the same time. That's an awesome point. You know, you could be, feel terrible about making a mistake that cost your team a game and still be positive. Uh, even if we're going back and talking about being optimistic and saying, like, that's something I can correct and get better and I'll be better served in the future for it. Like, as long, I'll just say this, you can feel negative emotion and be positive at the same time, which I think is absolutely a an invaluable skill if you can develop that. And then the second part is, be as, I always tell athletes, be as positive as you want, as long as it's genuine. It, positivity is fantastic as long as you're not lying to yourself. Once we start lying to ourselves, now we understand that, first of all, we're not being very positive. And then at the same time also we're starting to undermine our own trust in ourselves because if we really trusted ourselves we wouldn't have to try to convince ourselves of how things great really are and ultimately that comes back to well where does my trust come from or what do i focus on to be in a place where i can trust myself to execute or whatever it is that we're doing so you can feel negative emotions and be positive and then as long as your positivity is rooted in truth be as positive as you want. Matter of fact, the world probably would stand for some more positive people in a productive way too. Yeah.
1: I just think you hit the nail on the head there. I'm even going to just, just going repeat it because it was that awesome that you can be positive and feel negative emotions at the same time. That's kind of, I think for a lot of people that I talk to searching for uh, mental toughness or searching for their best selves or their best performance. I mean, I think that concept is like in, I don't know that is the holy grail, but it's in the the Holy grail, you know, conversation, like, can you get to that point? Uh, it's really hard to do. Like a lot of the things that we talk about, you know, they're easy to talk about. They're actually hard to do consistently day in and day out. Um, yeah. And, and having that, you know, you use another good, good phrase, you know, trust in yourself, you know, have, having those kinds of emotions coexist within yourself in an authentic manner. Um, it's really, really hard to do, but it also is, very possible. And it's, you know, that's maybe where mindset training comes in or, or just, you know, thinking about the other ways to get there. For, you know, if that's not what works for you, um, talk to our listeners a little bit there, but uh, that's, that's a really good thing because Raymond, I, I've heard a lot of people that do what we do or, you know, call called life coaches or, or people that have, you know, YouTube channels or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever way people get their message out there these days. And, and the, mm-hmm. the, the message is also is often about, positivity as a necessity, you know, like this idea that having a perspective that everything that happens to you is the best possible thing that could have happened to you. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that's dangerous. I think we've talked about that. Um, And I just, let let me just throw it back to you so you can kind of take us home because I think that you really just nailed it um, with saying again, you can be positive and feel negative emotions at the same time.
0: Yeah. Let me give you a more tangible example of that. So let's go to our uh, women's national championship game, division game between Notre Dame and Baylor. Uh, Baylor has a a player, her name is Lauren Cox, and she was basically dominating the whole game. Uh, And she got injured pretty badly Mm -hmm. in the third quarter. Um, And if you told me she was feeling positive emotion about it and her thought was, this is the best thing that's that's happening to me, you, I mean, come on, get out of town, right? right? However, after the game, she had an interview. She was obviously feeling a mixture of emotions, negative emotions because she probably doesn't know to the extent what she's injured, which it looks like it's not something minor. Positive emotion because her team just won a national championship. and she, But she was being positive, meaning she was feeling what she was feeling genuinely. And she was saying, I don't know what's going on. I'm not gonna try to sugarcoat it and say I'm great. We're gonna get it figured out and I will move on in whatever way is best for me. Mm. That's what it means to feel mixed emotions and some of it be probably being more negative than positive and still being positive in the moment and or with your outlook, which isn't easy to do, which by the way, if she had said, I feel terrible, I don't know what's going on. Like you, nobody would have blamed Nope. Her. but the fact that she can stay positive or find a genuine level of, of authentic positivity while also feeling what she's feeling about, being injured in one of the most important games of her life like that's what we're talking about and and that is a skill that uh is difficult but incredibly powerful
1: yeah what you feel is not up to you and we're saying you should be authentic with those feelings but how you react right raven is 100 percent within your control and that's where you should be positive you know assuming mm-hmm. you are able to to do so
0: eh and that's ultimately going to determine what your long-term emotional state is from there. So, she, she so for Lauren in this situation, the fact that she might f- feel depressed about seriously injuring her knee makes total sense and is totally understandable. If she's still depressed about it in a year, it's probably more based on her response to it than the actual event. Mm-hmm. which so that's what basically where we've And so our Virginia basketball team
1: to have felt negative emotions yeah, a year ago, appropriate, mm-hmm. proper, authentic, totally appropriate, but to yep. have reacted in a positive way that led them to, as their coach said, that experience gave them a ticket to a national championship, which like, mm-hmm. coach, you nailed that.
0: Um, yeah, what I would say is that that's not what led them, gave them a ticket to a national championship. Their response gave them the ticket to the national championship because a lot of teams lose in the first round not all of them get back if that's what it took yeah. to win national championship yeah. you'd have people throwing games in the first round of the tournament but the team responded in a positive and productive way to a negative event which even gave them a chance to do that and and it was just kind of cool to see at the end it was great yeah and their coach saying that that ex- i mean i, I did i love that their coach
1: saying that that experience gave them a ticket to to where they were is i mean i was just pretty impressed by that coach who i've never met talked to but i would like to okay raymond listen dude yeah other than your gambling problem, which on behalf of our, again, six, seven listeners, we're here for you. You're in a safe space. I'm mm-hmm. worried about you. Other than that, did you – are we still in the tree with the trust you're in, and the you're nest? In the, all, the whole tree with the nest. But yeah. you, dude, you crushed it today. I mean, I feel really, you know, I feel conflicted about your gambling problem, but I'm going to react to it very positively because those emotions can coexist with inside me. Thanks to you today. Sure. Like, crushed it today, That's- bro. A, 50 gold stars
0: that's very positive of you. Thank you so much, Bob. You're welcome.
1: So um, yeah. with yeah. that, um, thanks for checking us out uh, again. Um, if you want to tweet the show, you want to uh, send Raymond um, some messages of support or give him some positive feedback for doing an awesome job today. You can do that. You can find him at RFP sports on the Twitter machine. You can tweet the show at talk out loud VR. You can find me at my website,
0: BobbyDoogie.com. And and uh, Raymond, any final thoughts? My final thoughts are, it's master's week. Everybody go enjoy. Tag it, tag it, tag it woods.
1: Y'all. Maybe we'll talk about tiger, that next tiger time. Woods, y'all. Love it. All right. Uh, thanks. For checking us out, everybody. Promise to do better next time.
0: All right. See ya. Be well, everyone.